It's time to get up and get your day started. Morant. Oh! A jawbreaker! It's Sports 56 Mornings with Greg Gaston and Eli Savoy on Sports 56 and 98.5 FM. The first hour of Sports 56 Mornings is brought to you by East Memphis Ace Hardware at the corner of White Station and Quince. Now, here are your hosts, Greg and Eli. Get up every morning everybody. Welcome into Sports 56 Mornings. We made it. We made it through the snow. We are here and we are ready to go over the course of the next three hours, bringing you the latest in sports, both locally, regionally, and of course, nationally. It is the Monday, January 15th, 2024 edition of the program, the MLK Junior Day edition. Greg Gaston, Eli Savoy, and Zach Boyd. We are in the Family Leisure Studios. Family Leisure, we're family and fun Come together. Their floor model sale continues at 2120 Whitten Road, just north of I-40. And the first hour of the program, as Mr. Announcer Man said, is brought to you by East Memphis Ace Hardware. Well, I don't have to say too much about the weather, right? It's cold. It's snowy. It's icy. It's dangerous out there. Although, I got to admit, the roads were not too bad driving here. I'm looking at the forecast, and it says snow accumulations today less than a Less than an inch. Well, driving here and what was coming down while I sat in my car before I came into the uh, station, I don't know. I think it's going to be a little bit more than an inch, but that's just me guessing. We're looking at 40% chance of snow tonight. And then tomorrow, sunshine and clouds mix, but the high of only 19 degrees. So it's going to stay frozen out there for at least several days. A wind chill advisory is in effect until tomorrow. Winter storm warning until tonight at 6 p.m. Central and an airport weather warning. So it's all happening today. If you don't have to leave your house, don't leave. And most of you don't have to because it is a holiday Monday. However, if you're heading down to FedEx Forum, you have to leave your house because it is a big day. It's the annual MLK Junior Day game. Today, the Grizzlies and the Golden State Warriors at 5 o'clock. And if you have a ticket to the game, you can go over and see the symposium where they honor the four Legacy Award winners and a, a terrific class, which includes the great Ozzie Smith, the Hall of Fame baseball player, Hall of Fame basketball player Alex English, Calvin Hill, and Renee Montgomery. Today on the program, we'll talk about the Grizzlies, who have been hit with more injuries. In fact, I'd be afraid to to hit the floor today if I was a Grizzly, knowing that something could happen. It seems like every day, every game, another Grizzly injury. We will talk about that on the program today. We'll talk about the Memphis Tigers And their triumphant uh, trip to Wichita and a great second half, maybe their best basketball all season long. We'll go over the rest of the college basketball scene from the weekend, including everything that's happening in the SEC. By the way, could Memphis jump into the top 10 of the AP poll today? That's a possibility. The NFL playoff Super Wild Card weekend, four games in the bag, two more to go. And what a shocker for Eli's Cowboys in Big D yesterday. But the two games today you got the Buffalo Bills playing host of the Pittsburgh Steelers, a game that was going to be on Saturday. They moved it to Monday because, uh, or going to be on Sunday. They moved it to today because of the weather. And then Tampa Bay and Philadelphia to wrap up Super Wild Card Weekend. We got more college football news, and we'll talk to Barrett Salee at 825, get his thoughts on Kalen DeBoer replacing Nick Saban at Alabama and Jed Fish going from Arizona to Washington, among many, many other things. Some quarterback news as well from college football. Some staying, some going. That's what we got going for you today here on Sports 56 Morning. So kick back, relax, and enjoy. And if you want to be a part of the show, you can hit us up on the Sports 56 listener lines by calling in or texting in at 901-360-8255 or send us a message, a comment, a question, a concern on Twitter, Facebook, YouTube, or on the website, sportsmemphis.com. How are you? I'm good. Yeah? You sure? Yeah, I'm good. It's no made it, survived, got in here. No problems. Weather-wise, yes. It's uh it's tricky out there. It's dicey, but we've done it before. I'm proud of uh Zach. He was here bright and early, so he got here not bright and early, dark and early, uh, with the weather. But how are you, my friend? How was your weekend? I'm cold. <laughs> <laughs> you haven't thawed out yet? You've been in here for an hour. No, my, my feet are freezing right really? now. Really? Yes. I don't know what it is. I guess I wasn't out for any sustained time. But even though it is really cold, it's wicked cold, I just didn't feel the cold. I was just, 
I don't know. It didn't bother me that much. Uh, I was outside a little bit yesterday, but it is something that you want to stay inside, right? You don't want to go out for any sustained time. But the roads coming in, I mean, they're snowy. They're a little icy. But as long as you go slow, folks. I mean, yesterday, my God. You're like anchors from TV stations out there. When it first started, they go, like, this is the worst thing ever in history. It's like, be quiet. <laughs> Just drive. Drive slow if you have to drive. If you don't, then don't drive. All right. Um, lots to get to. I, I, I know... You probably are in a little bit of shock from your Cowboys. I, I just saw this stat thrown out there on Twitter. This, this just boggles the mind. The Cowboys had won 16 straight at home. The entire regular season, the Cowboys trailed at home for 44 minutes and 36 seconds. The entire season. In the wild card game against the Packers, they trailed for 52 minutes and 8 seconds. That's right. It's not a uh, not a good day for the old Cowboys yesterday. Um, you said you were a little worried before we went on the air about the Packers. I I didn't see. Well, I said it last week that the Packers are a team that is suited well to for what this Cowboys team is bad at. Their defense is not good against the run, so I was worried if the Packers could get a lead, then they just run the ball down the throat to the Cowboys. And the Cowboys that's how the Cowboys lose these games. They get behind early. And teams can just run it on them. Their defense is all built on putting pressure on quarterbacks. That's that's the whole thing. We're going to get to your quarterback. We're going to play man-to-man defense. And we're going to beat you that way. If you can run the ball like the Packers did. And they did um, you know, a good job of protecting Jordan Love. And Jordan Love was... I don't know what happened midway through the season with Jordan Love. But something clicked. Because he went from being really bad the first half of the year to awesome the second half of the season and he was great yesterday um and aaron jones owns the cowboys uh the, the packers don't lose in dallas never have at at&t stadium um and so you know it was and the other you get if you get ahead of the cowboys then dak starts doing his thing of trying to force things he throws interceptions it all it's all the the rinse and repeat of the postseason's of years past and probably years future. I don't know. Um, it's it's frustrating. Certainly, I never thought... I didn't envision the Cowboys being down 27 to nothing um, in that game. But I was I was worried that the Packers could hang close and, and make it a good game. I did not... There's nobody in the world thought the Packers were going to go there and blow the Cowboys out. I realized there was a pick six thrown by Dak Prescott. But to me, everything you said, while I'm not going to argue with anything you said, to me, it comes down to that vaulted defense played like that. Green Bay scored 48 points and called off the dogs. That is an embarrassment of epic proportion. I'm sorry. It is an absolute embarrassment for that defense. That defense looked like it didn't even want to be out there. Looked like they didn't want to play. They were blocked incredibly well by the Packers offensive line. Aaron Jones running like it was vintage Aaron Jones. He was incredible. 21 carries, 118 yards, three touchdowns. He's rubbing it in every time he scores a touchdown. You would think it would piss off the Cowboys. As you mentioned, Jordan Love was sensational. 16 of 20, 272, three touchdowns, keeping plays alive that extra second, and then finding his receivers. The receivers caught balls. They didn't drop balls. The defense tackled. They didn't miss tackles. It was an unbelievable performance by Matt LaFleur and his team. I did not see that coming. I'm sorry. It's an embarrassment for the Cowboys. And now you wonder if something will happen to Mike McCarthy. Do you think a move will be made? Yes. Do you have a gut feeling on who may replace McCarthy? I That, that I do not know. I have no idea. But um, the, McCarthy, this year was always going to come down to what they did in the postseason. And not only does they lose the first game as a two seed at home, they do it in embarrassing fashion. So I don't think, um, I mean, when they kept showing Jerry yesterday up in the suite, like he was, he was, it was, he was not a happy guy. Um, and I just, I don't see any way that he keeps McCarthy um, coming off of that performance. I mean, what was Greg Olson doing, by the way, stomping for, for McCarthy? 
three straight 12-win seasons. It'd be foolish, basically, to, to let him go. I didn't even know where he was coming from. I, I don't, whatever, I don't know. Um, it's, it's, I just think from the fan base perspective, and, and Jerry, Jerry, or like you, Jerry's whole thing right now is about getting back to a Super Bowl. Right. And Before he dies. It is clear um, that Mike McCarthy doesn't, isn't that guy. Like he could, yeah, they could win a whole bunch of games in the regular season to look great doing it, but when the postseason rolls around, um, it's not doing it. And, I mean, yesterday that looked like a a team that was not prepared. That I mean, that's when mm-hmm. you're when you fall down twenty seven nothing at home in a playoff game as the two C like that. You just that it looked like a team that wasn't ready to go, and that has to come down on the head coach. Like it, it was everybody. You know, there's a lot of blame to go around. There's no doubt about that. But like a team that come out and just be the, to look like that from the start. That looks like a team that wasn't prepared for that game. Yeah, it'll be interesting to see if Seattle still goes in the direction of Dan Quinn, their former defensive coordinator, when they won the Super Bowl. That's the the talk that he'll be the guy to replace Pete Carroll. Who knows? And Dak Prescott, who I think has been a solid quarterback his entire career, he's had a lot of really special moments. But I am convinced now that the Cowboys cannot win a Super Bowl with Dak Prescott. He's he for his for a guy who's been around as long as he has, and I know they were they were peeling back and coming at him, but he sometimes is a deer in the headlights. Looks at one receiver, throws it to that receiver. I, I don't think they can win. I do not believe they can win a Super Bowl with Dak Prescott. I'm convinced. Glad you finally Join came the around. Club? You're only like four years late on this, but Join hey, hey man, bold statement there. I would have thrown Cooper Rush into the game for goodness sake. I just that was um, that was shocking to me uh, and to most football fans out there. They're getting a kick out of it because it is the Cowboys, right? America's team. But man, oh man, I, Jerry Jones, I thought was going to have a heart attack in in, in his suite. I, I really did. I started to to worry and fear for his possible health and life uh, watching his Cowboys. We'll get back to the... The problem is, he. yes, while I do believe he probably is going to get rid of McCarthy, they're also probably going to sign Dak to some stupid extension, so it's all... (laughs) Right, it all evens out. (laughs) It it is what it is. I mean, it's just, uh, that's that's the way it is. That's the way it goes. Um, I get it. You have a quarterback who, again, does a lot of great things. In the regular season, right? Um, it's hard to to just give up on that and part ways with that. But um, if every single year is a repeat in the postseason, mm-hmm. um, you have to get and and so McCarthy will take the fall. But it certainly is not all Mike McCarthy's fault. But but of yeah, course I, I think McCarthy certainly. Um, I would be surprised, really surprised, honestly, if he doesn't fire McCarthy. Yes, somebody will pay the price. But again, the the most surprising thing to me. The defense, the defense and that performance by the Cowboys' vaunted defense. We'll get back into the NFL later on in the show. We'll talk about the other three games that were played over the weekend. Two more today. Steelers and Bills, 3.30 Central Time. Bills a 10-point favorite. It will still be bad weather. It's It hasn't gotten better in, in Buffalo, but um, they did a lot of um, snow, uh, snow shoveling yesterday and uh, got a bunch of that snow out, but I'm sure more is falling. Lakefront... Uh, effect and all that good stuff in Buffalo. And then the Eagles and the Buccaneers where the weather I imagine will be nice in Tampa Bay. I haven't checked it, but the only thing that could be an issue is if rain is in the forecast. The Bucks are a three-point underdog in that one. That'll be at 7-15. Alright, so today's a big day. Obviously, it's Martin Luther King Jr. Day. It is a holiday, and it is a big day for the Grizzlies. It always has been. They do an amazing job. It's unfortunate that the Civil Rights Museum is not open today. So everything has to be through virtual, like go online. Uh, that's a shame because of the of the weather. But last night they had an event, and today is the symposium at 3.30. Again, if you have a ticket to the game, you can go and listen to these four uh, amazing human beings, Alex English, Calvin Hill, Ozzie Smith, Renee Montgomery. I'm sure that'll be the highlight of your day because then the Grizzlies will play basketball at 5 o'clock. Yeah, I might have to, I, on the I, I've, and I don't know when they came in, but hopefully all 
four of them were able to get here. Right. All of that stuff. I, you know, I don't know what when they were coming in. All of that stuff. Obviously, it's uh, <laughs> uh, we know Memphis, and they don't they don't deal with this stuff very well when it comes to airports and everything else. So I don't. I have no idea. But hopefully, they are all four are here or at least able to get here. Yeah, I was concerned about that, and I, that's that's an obvious thing when you have weather that travel could be a major issue. And hopefully, they got in early enough yesterday because yesterday was fine until yesterday. What late in the afternoon? When it started to snow, but travel is always an issue anytime because obviously you have planes going from one place to another place and whether or not that plane shows up. That's if you're flying. Of course, if you're driving, um, the, the highways wreaking havoc, all that stuff. So, you know, hopefully it's, it's a, a full um, quartet of the four and it goes off without a hitch. But as I said, then comes the game where Draymond Green will make his return. Out of all the teams he could face, he's making his return against the Memphis Grizzlies. He missed 16 games. But on the flip side, for the Memphis Grizzlies, it is you wouldn't wish this on your worst enemy, what has happened to the Grizzlies with injuries. Friday night, I went to the game, watched them play the L.A. Clippers, and watched Des Bain get hurt. Then I didn't go to the Saturday game. But I know that Jake LaRavia got hurt in the game versus the Knicks. Two losses after winning three straight on the road. Their home woes continue. Still amazing. They've won three home games. They've won 11 on the road. But you look at this team now, and in that game on Saturday night, no John Morant, no Jaron Jackson Jr., no Des Bain, no Marcus Smart, no Steven Adams, no Brandon Clark, no Derrick Rose, no Santi Aldama. You saw G.G. Jackson get some serious minutes, and G.G. Jackson looked darn good in doing so, going for 20 points and six rebounds in 27 minutes. Vince Williams, who just got the new deal, 17 points, eight rebounds, eight assists, nearly a triple-double for him. In the Friday loss to the Clippers, we saw the X-Man, Xavier Tillman, go for 20 and nine, David Roddy at 17 off the bench. So... For you diehard Grizzlies fans, you get a, at least a chance to see some of these players that are deep on the bench. Now, whether or not they'll be a part of the future, who knows? But at least the organization is able to watch these guys to kind of take note on whether or not they want to continue down the road with these guys, if they're a part of the future. So they're learning about the future. But that's what it is for the rest of the way. That's all you have. Des Bain, I mean, every time these notices come down from the Grizzlies, I go to the last sentence. He will be reevaluated in six weeks. Six weeks. Sprained ankle, six weeks. And then LaRavia, I think he had a sprained ankle as well. Three weeks. It's like a minimum. Sprained ankle, three weeks. NFL player, the arm fell off. They, they play the next day. It's amazing. But why rush? Who cares? Yeah, the season's lost. This season, many things, I'm going to guess Desmond Bain would probably be back before six I think weeks, so, yeah. They're, they're, they were done. They were already done with the season. They didn't, I mean, it's, but it's, it's, it sucks it, for the people who buy tickets, who own season tickets, because at least at minimum, they'd be able to see a star or two. The, um, the Bain, I mean, I, I just happened to be like, I was like, I had a perfect view of it happening and just like it, it, I saw it clear as day when he stepped on Kawhi's foot and I was like, you got to be kidding me. And when I was like, please get up, please get up, please get up. But then when he was down pounding on the floor, I'm like, my God, this is, this is unbelievable. Like it's, like it's very, again, this is impossible to have this many injuries to your key guys. Mm -hmm. Like I, it's, it's, there's just no way. That could possibly happen where it's just one after another goes down with some weird injury. I mean, because it's like, that's the thing too. Like, you know, the whole Adams thing through the summer, we did like, thought he was fine. Then he's here, he's plays preseason games and all of a sudden, oh no, but no, actually he's done for the year. Ja has this shoulder thing. They list him as questionable for a game. He's in a sling. Right? That's a little weird. He was questionable. That can't be that bad. Oh, no, why? He's done for the year. You know, then Marcus Smart, a finger. Like, <laughs> it's a finger. And you think, well, that can't be that big a deal. Uh, six weeks. You know, Bain now rolls his leg again. And I don't know. I mean, I'm sure he could be back quicker than that if they needed him or wanted him. But at this point, who cares? I don't know what injury they'll probably start faking with Jaron. I guess they'll, they can ride this knee thing for a while and let him miss a lot of games with that back and forth, but certainly no need to be playing him in back-to-backs or anything else. Um, it's just, it's crazy. I, it, it just, 
I, I don't even, I can't understand how that's possible. Did Dylan Brooks do some voodoo spell? He may have. I don't know. I, the, on this team? The, the, the basketball gods are clearly angry at something uh, the Grizzlies have done. Because you just, there's just no way. Again, I mentioned last week, like, they have 40% of the guys who are listed out. In the entire league, the Grizzlies have 40% of the guys who are out for the season. Jeez. There's only five. They have two of them. It's so upsetting so, you can only laugh. You can only you, laugh about it And then you it throw now. in your next, you know, two of your other better players who are both now out for at least six weeks. Um, it just, it, it's mind-boggling. I mean, on, on um, Saturday night, they played nine guys. The only guy that played on Saturday night who has not spent time with the hustle was Luke Kennard. The other eight have all been hustle guys. Did like, that nine include Laravia, who ended up getting hurt? Yes. Okay. Um, so ended with eight healthy guys. We think healthy. And that's like, like I and I feel bad for Laravia. Hell, he was about to start getting some minutes, and right? Maybe, and now he's out, so he doesn't get those. And, and and Friday night actually made a couple of threes, like did some things. Like okay, maybe, but now he's out, so like, he doesn't even get that opportunity. I don't like Jared. I mean, this is like Friday night. Like Jared, there's I remember what the lineup was about, I, but I thought like Jared has to be looking around, going, what "The hell happened? Like where? Who are, <laughs> who what, are you guys?" I, I'm pretty sure Jaron never envisioned being on the court with like that lineup. And, but that's what, now he's that for the rest of the year. Like that's all he's got to be on the court with. Um, Are I don't they know. going to fill some of these spots with well, they guys have, they with 10 day deals and things of that yeah, nature? Yeah, I mean, they'll have to use hardship spots now because you just have to have enough, you have to have bodies. <laughs> you, have to have, you actually have to have some healthy people to run around on a basketball court and theoretically play a game. Can you just not show for a game and just tell the league, we don't have enough players? We're going to sit this one out. I mean, the, because, um, yeah, I mean, well, Santi, I guess Santi and Jaron are both questionable for today. Right. So I questionable. Would, I would assume. Good chance I certainly play. assume Jaron will play. I mm-hmm. would guess that Santi will probably play as well. But, yeah, I mean, you're going to have, I mean, now, and I don't, LaRavy, I don't know if he would qualify technically or whatever, but um, once Smart has missed, has he missed two or three now? He's only has missed the two, right? Who, Smart? Yeah. Two. So, yeah, so once he misses today, now you would be able to get a hardship spot for that, for him, from him, because that would be your fourth. And then once Bain misses three games, I guess you'd be able to get another hardship spot so you could sign another one for him. So you could, I would assume, and again, I would assume they'll go get these, get somebody in these spots because they, you just, you have to assume that somebody else is going to get hurt. So you got to just you got to keep adding bodies. Just want you want warm bodies. How many games in a row have they had a player hurt in the game? Is it three in a row? Was it did was there a game in between Smart getting hurt and then Bain getting hurt? And then Laravia no, came no, Saturday. Smart was the last game of the road trip, right? And then Bain. So three games in a row they've lost a player. Mm-hmm. It, it's it's crazy. I um, I. <laughs> It's tough. It's tough. Look, it's tough for the players themselves. It's tough for the team. It's tough for the organization. But it's really tough for the fans to really get up and want to be excited about going to a Grizzlies game. And there are people that have already spent their money, and they're going to go, and they're going to support this team. And the effort was really good on Saturday. The effort was good. The young guys played. They played hard. We saw G.G. Jackson, and he played well. But you're not going to win too many games. And remember, it wasn't that long ago, Eli, you and I were talking about the Grizzlies that played 34 games. And we said, all right, let's see what they do over the next seven. And we already got the news about Ja, I think. I think we got the news about Ja. We said, let's see what they do over the next seven. That'll get them to the halfway point of 41. That was before Ja got hurt. Okay, it was before Ja. Okay, so <laughs> that, that even makes this even more like mind-boggling. So there were seven games from 34 to 41 to get to the halfway point. They go on the trip, they win three games. At the Lakers, at the Suns, at the Mavericks. And then Ja got hurt in what game? Ja got hurt in the... uh, It was the Lakers game was the one he played. Okay. So he gets hurt on the trip, but they win three straight on the road. That's right, because they won that Phoenix game. You go, how do they beat the the Suns? That was with Bradley Beal back, with Booker and Durant. And then... They come home, 
after winning three straight on the road. And, you, and we were saying if they go four and three, five and two, yeah, maybe there's a hope, maybe. And then lo and behold, they get back home, they lose, they get hurt, they lose again, they get hurt. Now they got the Warriors tonight, a Warriors team that has struggled, but I guarantee you they are feeling they're going to feast on the Grizzlies depleted team. And then they got the game in Minnesota on Thursday, and that'll get them to the halfway point. But it's it's done. It's over. It's been over since Jaws' injury. There's no silver lining in this thing at all. You know, people talk about the lottery and where they may pick. I don't know even about this draft. I haven't studied it. We'll bring experts on to talk about that. But that's where we stand right now. The team will try. The young players will get their opportunity unless they all get hurt. And that's where it is. If you just think of what their what their starting lineup is supposed to be and where we are headed of what the total games missed by starters due to injury. Oh, my gosh. It's it's insane. I mean, again, you're going to have 82 with Steven Adams. You're going to have 73 with Ja. So there's 155, just those two guys. Now Marcus Smart. Marcus Smart will have played, let's see, I think he's played like 20 games. He'll have played 20 out of like 60. So... By the time he's even close to coming back, and as I say, that's that's at like the six week mark when he's reevaluated. You know, Desmond's probably going to miss another. I don't know what, how many games that'll be during this six week stretch or whatever. Quite a few. You know, twenty or whatever. I mean, they're going to be. It, it's congratulations, Trip. Uh, You're at the crazy. top of the Delta Pledge class. The whole starting five was out on Saturday. The whole starting lineup. Yeah, and key reserves. Although I'm sure Jared could have played Saturday. If he, I guess he could have, but there, the, but, there was, again, uh, there, but, was, there was no doubt he and Desmond were, and now Desmond doesn't get hurt, so, but I don't think either one of them was going to play Saturday regardless. No, I agree with you, but the fact is the whole starting five was out of the game on Saturday. So not good, but today should be, hopefully, fingers crossed, all four of the Legacy Award winners are going to be there for the symposium the Grizzlies can put on a show for the fans that make it out the FedEx Forum. Be careful driving as the Grizz and the Warriors go at it today. At Hell, I hope nobody gets hurt at the, impo- the symposium. At this point, somebody might get hurt there. Trip down the steps. Uh, like, I, I don't know. Pete Pranica, be careful, buddy. I don't know. Like, I, It's just who knows what might happen and the way things are going. Well, today is not particularly a good day to go out and do any car shopping. In fact, I don't know. I would imagine that most of the car dealerships are probably closed today. Yeah, it is a holiday, so they probably will be. But then again, holidays are usually good to sell cars. Snow, not so good. But when you're ready to look for that new car or that special pre-owned automobile, head on down to All-Star Chevrolet and Olive Branch. If you're ready to drive a new Silverado into 2024, All-Star Chevy and Olive Branch has financing down to 1.9% or up to $7,500 in cash. You get another $2,250 with your trade-in on select vehicles. You will love the new All-Star Chevy Equinox and the Trailblazers with financing down to 1.9 and no payment for 90 days. That's three months with no payments. Also, if you want a certified pre-owned Chevy or any pre-owned All-Stars loaded up, lots of pre-owned Silverados, Tahos, Jeeps, Broncos, and the Traverse with that third row seating. Kevin and Jeff, they want to wish you a happy new year. And if you head on down to All-Star Chevrolet, of course, when the weather's better, you look around the lot. You don't see what you're looking for in the pre-owned uh, category. Go ahead and ask Jeff. Jeff will find that for you, and he'll make sure that you are a satisf- satisfied customer. Remember, it's not South Haven, not Mount Moriah, not Bartlett or Collierville. It's got to be Olive Branch, folks. Find new roads to All-Star Chevy today or go to allstarautogroup.com. When we come back, big victory for the Memphis Tigers on Sunday at Wichita State. Not so much the team they beat, but the performance they put up in that second half. We'll talk about that when we return. This is Sports 56 Mornings with Greg and Eli on Real Sports Talk, Sports 56 and 98.5 FM. Add a little fun to your lunch break. Join Johnny Radio for Sports 56 Happy Hour from 11 to 1 every weekday on Sports 56 and 98.5 FM. Now, back to Sports 56 Mornings on Sports 56 and 98.5 FM. This hour is brought to you by East Memphis Ace Hardware at the corner of White Station and Quince. Here once again are Greg Gaston and Eli Savoy. Everybody's Welcome back, everyone, to Sports 56 Mornings. We're live and in color on this Martin Luther King Jr. Day. So glad you could be with us. For those that are 
driving the highways and byways of the Mid-South, be careful. Just give yourself a little extra time. Yesterday in Wichita, where, in fact, it was colder than it was in Memphis, believe it or not, the 13th-ranked Memphis Tigers and the Wichita State Shockers went at it in American Conference play. At halftime, the Memphis Tigers led 49-46 to in what you would call a high-scoring affair. Wichita State, as we were told, a very poor shooting team, of course the stats would back that up, came out guns a-blazing, making everything they shot. 49-46 Memphis at the half, and you thought to yourself, it's going to be another tight one. They've all been tight in the American Conference for Memphis. And then the second half happened. And that was incredibly beautiful basketball, to say the least. Memphis adjusted defensively. I mean, they still gave up 86 points, so they didn't do a great job, but they did a much better job. But offensively, it was like watching the Globetrotters play. Pass, 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 shot. Three-point shooting. They set a record, most by an AAC team ever, most by a Memphis team ever. 19 made threes. It was a brilliant second half. The most points the Tigers have scored on the road since 1955. And their second straight game going over the century mark. They did so in the overtime win over UTSA. 112-86. Tigers improved to 15-2. 4-0 in the conference. And the possibility, Eli, that when the voting is announced today for the AP Top 25 poll, Memphis could, I say could, sneak into the top 10. Yeah, it... Um at a hustle game yesterday, and so right before we went on, I checked it. It was that halftime at that point, and I was like, "Okay, man, I'm probably going to do that." And then, like, I don't know, at some point during the sec or during our game, I checked the score, and I was like, "Did I misread the halftime score?" And I was like, "I could swear they were like by three at the half," and I'm like, "Now they're up by twenty, and it's not that far into the second <laughs> half." Um, that's, I mean, you start shooting the ball like that, that there's when you're shooting sixty three percent from three point range and sixty four percent overall. I mean, that is. That's a pretty incredible offensive performance. 63 points in a half of college basketball. That's incredible. Like that's that is really, really hard to put up 63 points in a half of college basketball. Here, here's another incredible thing. They only shot six free throws. They made five of six. They are one of the highest as far as shots from the free throw line and makes from the free throw line in the country. Those officials just let them play. I mean, as long as it's happening for both sides, I have no problem with it. They were letting those guys were getting mugged. There should have been a flagrant one foul. Guy elbows uh, Nicholas Jordan. Nothing. Common foul. So they let these guys play. Memphis to score 112 points and shoot six free throws? That's crazy. They were bombing threes from everywhere. As you mentioned, 64, make that 63.3%. 19 of 30 from three. And they got contributions from everybody. Javon Quinterly looked like one of the best point guards in the country. Bar, I mean, really, maybe the best. He looked at that point in the second half of that game. We know he's really, really good. 23 points, 11 assists, four steals. Had that shot going down. David Jones had two points at the half. He opened up that second half. I think he scored... 10 right out of the gate. He ends up with 17 in the second half, 19 for the game. Jaquan Walton, now, they are a really dangerous team. If he gets going, he started to make some shots in the SMU game, started to make a few more in the UTSA game. Well, against his former team, he was tremendous. Jaquan Walton hit 8 of 12, 6 of 8 from the three-point line. He ended up with 23 points, 3 assists, 2 steals, 3 rebounds, and just 1 turnover. And Malco contributed with 10 points, 7 rebounds, 3 assists, 2 blocks. He was starting fast breaks. Malco looks like he's he's had no knee problems. The best shape he's been in in his career, or at least since he came into uh to the University of Memphis. He was tremendous. You got uh, contributions from Naquan Tomlin, who had 14 points. You had um, Nicholas Jourdain. He went for 12 points. It was simply, as I said, beautiful basketball being displayed by the Tigers in the second half of that game. Well, if they can, you know, and when when he was struggling mightily, you know, they kept, Jaquan Walton's got to shoot himself out of it. And, 
it appears as though he has done that. Um, you know, hopefully he can continue this. Um, I mean, to go from the one for 27 stretch from three point range to having a game where you go six for eight, um, this, if they can get him to be consistent, knocking down the three, um, yeah, they're, this it's a dangerous team. There's a, there's a lot of different ways they can beat you offensively. There's a lot of guys who could beat you offensively, especially when you have him knocking down threes as well. So, um, yeah, I, yeah, 112 points, 63 and a half. I mean, that is just, it's, you know, they feasted on turnovers, 31, 11 in points off turnovers, just, you know, it's yeah, this team, when you just look at on paper, it should be a team on the offensive end. That's just really hard to stop because there are a lot of guys who can score and you've got guys with size, you've got athleticism, you've got shooting, you've got a point guard to run it all. Like, Nobody would ever, I don't, I don't, you should never expect 112 points, but this team should be one of the best offensive teams in the country. And they play really well on the road. Obviously, they win at home, but they've had a lot of tight finishes at home. Um, they had a tight one in Tulsa on the road to begin conference play, but they seem to play a little bit better at times on the road. They played great in the game against Virginia. I understand that. And they played off the emotions of the fan, the energy of the fans. But they're very similar again to the Grizzlies, where the Grizzlies <laughs> have played well on the road and not so much at home. It's not that Memphis has lost games, like I said, at home. It's just that on the road, I don't know. It's just they, they seem to be more together. And defensively, like I said, they started out the second half playing much better defensively. But that first half, their help defense, and I thought Penny said, in fact, I know he said it to, to Wolo that they were going to get away from that help Defense. Now, obviously, there's going to be switches on picks on screens, and you're going to lose your guy, and you got to pick up the other guy. But I'm talking about help defense, where a guy comes over and helps, or a third guy comes over and helps. And at the end of the first half, Memphis said, you were getting ready for the hustle game. Memphis had grabbed, I want to say the lead got the nine right before the end of the first half, if I'm not mistaken. They hit a three to make it six, and then they got it to three, in that final, on the final possession, I think it was. And on this play, this is what drove me crazy. I was pulling out my hair watching this going, come on now. This was the play to end, pretty much end the first half. The Wichita State, uh, it was um, Beverly. He drives the hole. Quinterly's guarding him. Malco comes over in the paint to help. So now they got two guys on Beverly, right? So Beverly is amongst the Giants. Now what is he going to do? Well, Jordan moves from his guy in the corner also into the paint. So they got three guys guarding Beverly. Beverly now makes the easy kick to the corner and the guy drops the three. It was uh, uh, Rignall who hit four of them. He hits the three. So not only did they help with Malco, they helped with Jordan. Three guys to guard the middle. So instead of maybe the guy making a two-point shot, which he probably would not have going up against Malco, instead they kick it to the three for a corner three. Three's more than two, as far as I know, right? I, I took math classes. And he's wide open for that three. That was the problem we saw against UTSA when they made 17 triples. So they adjusted at halftime. And they came out and played much, much better. Now, some of that was... Wichita State ran out of steam, went back to their normal average or below average shooting from the field because they came out making everything. I mean, everything. But they were amped up, and that's the way it's going to be every time the Tigers play a road well, game. They still shot 50% overall and 45% from three-point range in the second half. Yeah, because they came back. They, they, they came back strong. They started out, and they struggled, and that's when Memphis went on the big run. Like you said, you looked and goes, you said it was three at halftime. All of a sudden, it was 20. Memphis was making shots. They weren't making them early. But then they started to make some shots again. They made some tougher shots in the second half. They were more contested than they were in the first half. There's still some things they got to do defensively, Memphis, to fix it. If they can get it going defensively, and Penny stresses defense. He has since he got there. If they can fix the problems that they have right now defensively to go with this offensive juggernaut, they're going to be tough to beat by anybody. Got a, a text here from Raider Court. You could text in. Uh, you can also call in, of course, 901-360-8255. 901-360-8255. That is the Sports 56 listener line. So what a performance by the Tigers. 
Very impressive road win with the way they've been squeaking by, and Quinterly is really starting to take over. On another note, this might be the first MLK game we've ever missed. The weather, it's not me, the other idiots who can't drive, but I always buy my tickets in advance, so this one sucks. Yeah, for anybody that can't, you know, doesn't want to go out there and battle the weather, can't make it down there, that, that sucks. Because again, I've talked about it many times, like this is my favorite day of the year for the Grizzlies, really. I mean, it's, I just think they do it well. It's um, the symposium's always great and everything else. Um, so yeah, it's it's really unfortunate um, that the weather will not, or you won't be alone, Corey. I'm sure there will be a lot of people who just don't want to go out there and try and battle this weather and get downtown um, uh, for the game today. I completely understand. I mean, I'm going to try to get down there, but he's right. It's not you're worried about your driving. You're worried about the knuckleheads out there and they're driving because there's always going to be some dude who's going too fast and he slides out and causes some kind of wreck. There's always that possibility. In fact, a strong possibility. So I understand people wanting to just stay home. Um, they'll be able to watch the game. Do they televise? They do televise the symposium, don't mm-hmm. they? Yep. Yeah. So we're, you and I are always there. So um, that's good. Yeah. I mean, you could obviously. Um, not worry about the roads and the hazards on the roads and be able to watch the event uh, at home. All right. We need to take a time out. Do you want to tell you folks about Lawn Solutions? It's weird. I'm talking about Lawn Solutions. Right now, your lawns are covered with snow. But Lawn Solutions really takes care of your lawn all year long. What they do during the winter months is they apply something called post-emergence. It prevents weeds from popping up when it's springtime. So they're taking care of that lawn even while the grass is dormant. And then during the spring and summer months, they're applying what they call pre-emergence. Lawn Solutions is a locally owned weed control fertilization company that serves the greater Memphis area. Give Brandon Holly a call. He's the owner of the company. 901-867-5626. Tell him you want treatment for your lawn. Or you can go online to lawnsolutionsinc.net. Locally owned and family operated. They could also take care of any disease your lawn has or any insect infestation. You can wait until the weeds come up. That's fine. That's your prerogative. But when they do, make sure you call Lawn Solutions. But again, if you want them to take care of that lawn all year long, give them a holler today. 901-867-5626 or online at lawnsolutionsinc.net. Maybe not today. They're probably closed today. But do it tomorrow. It's Lawn Solutions. You're tuned in to Sports 56 Mornings with Greg and Eli on Real Sports Talk. Sports 56 and 98.5 FM. You already know you can listen to Sports 56 anywhere with the Sports 56 app or at sports56whbq.com. But you can also watch us daily with live video of all of our shows on Twitter, Facebook, YouTube, and Twitch. Now, back to Sports 56 Mornings on Sports 56 and 98.5 FM. This hour is brought to you by East Memphis Ace Hardware at the corner of White Station and Quince. Here once again, Greg Gaston and Eli Savoy. I got a little change in my pocket going jingle, Zach, just so you know, 10 degrees currently, minus 3 wind chill factor. And the snow, big old flakes. So their estimation of less than an inch... BS. Yeah, no, I don't believe that. No way. That snow is coming down right now. So, again, be careful out there if you have to leave your abode. Uh, Yesterday, we mentioned uh, the Memphis win and talked about the Tigers' um, second-half performance, which was certainly one of their best 20-minute segments of the year. Also yesterday in the American, Florida Atlantic beat UAB 86-73, to Tulane got by Tulsa in overtime, 94-87. So next up for Memphis is Thursday night, a home game against USF. And then they'll play Tulane. That'll be on Sunday down in New Orleans. Right now in the American Conference, there are two undefeated teams. The Tigers at 4-0, North Texas at 3-0. Then Charlotte, Florida, Atlantic at 3-1. UAB, SMU, USF, 2-1. Tulane now 2-2 in league play. Everybody and their mom seemed to lose over the weekend. We're going to talk about the SEC coming up to begin hour number two. But it seemed like everybody lost. Doesn't necessarily mean just because the team in the top ten lost that they're going to drop behind Memphis and Memphis is going to, you know, catapult in front of them. But there's a good chance that it could happen. Houston lost twice. 
Yeah, nine of the 12 teams in front of them lost. Um, Houston lost twice. Marquette lost twice. Um, I think there was one other that lost twice. The only two that did lose are UConn and North Carolina. Um, Oklahoma lost twice. That's the other one. Oklahoma lost twice. Um, so yeah, I, I would I would guess there's a pretty good chance that just on the very I would because I would assume they're going to jump Marquette and Oklahoma who weren't far ahead of them and both lost twice. So just that alone, I, you don't have to jump one other. So, um, but I would I would assume yes, there's a good chance they will be um, in the top ten. Do you guys remember the last time Memphis was in the top 10? Can you look that up? Somebody may know that's listening. We'll text in and let us know at 360-8255. I don't know that off the top of my head. Have they been a top 10 team under Penny? No. So I wonder how long I don't, I don't have to know go how back. they would have. I, I know. I didn't, I didn't think so either. I'm just trying to remember. Even if they were preseason top 25, they wouldn't be top 10. So you're you're not necessarily talking about uncharted territory because they've obviously been they've been number one right but they as far as being a top ten team under Penny and in recent history it hasn't happened and there's that good chance that it could happen again that poll will come out later today after we're off the air um, but as I said we'll talk SEC coming up to open up our number two uh, but an interesting weekend to say the least in college basketball. With a lot of surprises. Do you see, I see it as a complete parody. Do you see it as parody? Or do you see it more like mediocrity? Uh, I think it's, I just think it's parody because the with the transfer portal, it just has, has spread the talent out that much more. But I mean, like, there's some there's some good teams and there's a lot of good teams. There's, there's some good basketball. I mean, that the Texas A&M-Kentucky game was an incredible game. I watched game. that. Was, was, I mean, that was great stuff to watch. Um, but yeah, I just think there's, I think the, the the transfer portal has just really spread the talent out that much more. And so it's, um, it just created a lot of parody. Just, we saw it well, was last year, um, this year. I mean, it's going to continue to be this way. It's going to be teams that go on, on the road in conference play is, is brutal. Like, <laughs> it's just, you ever, do not, as I, I tell people, do not bet on, if you're trying to bet on somebody just because they're ranked number two or three or whatever, mm-hmm. like don't be betting on the road. Like these teams are gonna they're continuing to go on the road and lose these games. Like it just is. Bet bet the home team, especially if you can get home dogs in these situations, bet on them. And it happens in every single conference. And for Memphis to have close games, people gotta realize that's going to happen. You're not blowing out everybody. And and Memphis pretty much seldom does, but that was a blowout yesterday. Beating Wichita State by 26 points, that's a blowout. That's a great road win. Um, college football, we're going to get into that as well in hour two. Barrett Salee will join us. Kalen DeBoer gets the gig at Alabama. And then quickly, Washington hires Jed Fish from Arizona. So right now it's Arizona. You're on the clock as far as filling your head coaching uh, vacancy. Jeb Fish did an unbelievable job at Arizona. And it's interesting. We'll talk about this with Barrett, but here's Jed Fish. Arizona moving to the Big 12 with Texas and Oklahoma moving out could be the kingfish of the Big 12. Yet Fish decides, no, I'm going to go with Washington into the Big 10, into that gauntlet. Says a lot about Jed Fish and certainly what they're offering, I'm sure, what he's able to get uh, in that deal with Washington as opposed to Arizona, but also that he's not afraid to go up against uh, some of the best in the country, including the defending national champion Michigan Wolverines. And oh, by the way, Jim Harbaugh, according to reports, will interview with the Chargers, the first of what could be a number of teams. The NFL coaching openings right now and who may fill those positions, that is going to be fun to keep an eye on. The the Tigers, in the 1920 season, they did get to number 9. In the 1920 season, they started that year 12 and one. I was. I guess you mean, was the 2020 best. season. Yes. You said the 1920 season. 2019, 20. 
Oh, okay, okay. You, I just said nineteen twenty. I thought you said nineteen twenty. They've been they've been top ten a couple well, I, times. Yeah, I, I get it. I know they were, they went to the okay. championship game. were ranked number one. In I understand. I understand. Two thousand nineteen. I know. I, I know. know. I it's, you out. said nineteen twenty. Okay. All right. Uh, but yeah, that year, that year they started. They were twelve and one um, when they played Georgia, and they were number nine in the. Was uh, that Pastor? No, that was Petty. That oh, was that, the, uh, Anthony Edwards thing. Yeah. Oh, okay. Okay, so they were top 10 under Pettit. That was Wiseman. That was the Wiseman year. Oh, you. okay. I'm sorry. I'm all confused now. 1920, 2019, 2020, they were top 10. Okay, gotcha. That's the only other time, right? If they make it into the top 10 this time. This would be the second time under Penny. They were, uh, let's see here. Actually, look like they got number nine again. Number nine's their spot. Number nine? Number nine. The 21-22 season. 2021-22. All right. I'm not projecting the future. All right, smarty pants. Okay, so Uh, they they got a couple of times. All right. Early that season. Well, you're the one who said you didn't think they were top 10 under Penny. I had thought that maybe they were, but I can't remember. Because they were preseason number 12 that year. Okay. And then they won their first five before they lost to... Georgia again. <laughs> they lost to Georgia. Damn Bulldogs. Then they lost to Georgia, Ole Miss, and Murray State. Yeah. And they were never near, near I the top remember 10 that. Again. So they, 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 were, they were number nine before that. So they got to number nine to play Georgia two different times and then lost to Georgia both times. I wonder if I called that Murray State game. All right, first hour in the books, and it's brought to you by Ace, East Memphis Ace Hardware. That's right, East Memphis Ace Hardware, corner of White Station and Quince. I'm sure they've got... Well, they might be sold out of everything to Shovels, remove snow, all that stuff salt. by now. But you may be able to go by there and, and find some of that stuff still hanging around if the people haven't raided them too much over at East Memphis Ace Hardware. Go to Corner of White Station and Quince for all those projects you need to get done around the house. Everything you need, talk to the folks at White Station and Quince and the East Memphis Ace Hardware. The great staff over there will help you find whatever it is that you are looking for, whatever it is you need. They've got the staff to help you find it. All right, we'll open up Hour 2 with some SEC hoops, some more college football and NFL news as well. This is Sports 56 Mornings with Greg and Eli on Real Sports Talk, Sports 56 and 98.5 FM.